This is the making of Smile Oasis. What's up, Jackie? How's it going? Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. How, how's the baby? The baby is good, growing very, very fast. <laughs> How old is the baby? She's five months. Five, okay. For anybody listening, this is like uh, her baby, like there's not like my baby, the business. It's like the baby, you know, like what, what's your baby's name? Kennedy. I have Kennedy. two little girls. I have Kennedy, who's five months old, and Kira, who is two and a half. Oh, Kays. Was that yeah, intentional? Yeah, both Ks. Well, I think once I named the first one with a K, I just thought it'd be cute to keep the K. So it does get confusing, though. I'm like, okay, you you know your name. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're five months old. You're you're grown. You know your name. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So is that how does that feel knowing like okay, I I just have I have a five month old, which is beautiful because like you know you're with your five month old right now as it's like you know developing and everything like that. But when is your practice scheduled to be open? We're scheduled to open in February. So it's it's very interesting time right now. We have a lot going on. Let's yeah. just say that new year, new baby, <laughs> lots going on uh, and new practice. I know. So new year, new baby. What's your husband say about all this? I mean, he's super supportive. He's very supportive. And he's just, um, you know, he's working hard right now because he's actually studying for his oral boards. So um, he has that going on, plus the family thing. Um, but he's super supportive of the startup. I always like bring all my ideas to him and, you know, get, to, get his feedback as well. Um, but he's been super helpful. What does he do again? He's an oral surgeon. Nice. So are both of you guys going to be in the same practice eventually? Like, is that one of the visions in the future? No, but you know what, Michael? Like, I would have loved to have that. Like, that's what I envision. Like, when we're in New York, we met in New York. When we're there, like, I kind of envision that. But a few people told me, like, oh, yeah, you know, it's not recommended for, for an oral surgeon to be with a general dentist, like, if we're married. For some reason, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but I've heard that a few times. So I don't know if it's because he's referral-based that it might interact, you know, interfere with his referrals. But um, that would be great. Yeah. I heard that, too. But then at the same time, I'm like thinking, you do you. You know what I mean? If it no. works. <laughs> if it, like, honestly, I, I think about it as a patient perspective. I'm like, yeah, I'm so I would rather like do everything in-house and, you know, support like the family. Like, you know what I mean? Like, man, we, we're a family here. You know what I mean? So but I don't know. That's just me. Other people might be like, oh, no, that's bad. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, you know what? I would I would love that. So if that's something that we want to explore in the future, then I would definitely be down for that. That's cool. So before this is episode one of the whole process, really quick, let me ask you, what is it, uh, your husband think about you doing this? The doc, because I mean, like you have a five month, right? And then at the same time, you have another child. And then at the same time, now you're going to do a startup. And now at the same time, it's like, hey, you're going to be doing this documentary thing. Well, he's just excited for me. You know, like I, he's excited. He's just like, make sure you can handle it, right? Make sure you're not biting off too much. <laughs> but um, he's super excited for me. He's very supportive of the process. So, I mean, I'm super pumped to be on this podcast. I listen to it all the time. So I was super excited to uh, be a part of it. Awesome. Yeah, we're super excited to have you. And the main purpose of this is for us to like be nosy, right? In your life and everything like that. But at the same time, um, listen to everything that you're going through so it can help out the next person, right? Going through this process. 
And that's the the whole goal. So before we get into that, I want like uh, all of us to get to know you a little bit more. So could you tell us a little bit about your past, your present? How did you get to where you are right now in the sense of like, all right, I'm about to open up? Yeah. So um, a little bit about me is I'm originally from New York City, born and raised in Brooklyn. Um, and I actually went to dental school at NYU. So I was in New York for quite some time, thought I would never leave, but here I am in Florida. <laughs> um, I actually got into dentistry when I was in college. Uh, I was a biology major and a friend of mine who's a hygienist now, she actually said, hey, Jackie, like I'm going on this mission trip. Would you like to go with me? Um, and I was all for a mission trip. Like, I, you know, I love going you know, overseas and things for mission trips. Um, and previously I had done some medical mission trips. So she invited me to a dental mission trip with Missions of Mercy. Um, and it was actually in the Appalachian Mountains. Um, and we went there and that's where it kind of sparked my entire interest in dentistry. Um, you know, while we were there, you know, we were serving a community that didn't have much access to care. You know, some of them had never seen a dentist before just because of access issues, right? So that's a huge, that's a whole conversation in of itself, right? Um, but we serve those people there and some of them were able to get some of their smiles restored. And I really saw the reactions of people when they were able to smile again. You know, some people cried, people were excited. Um, and I realized how impactful a person's smile could be for their life. Not just, okay, let me have a nice smile, but also it can impact their ability to find a job, their confidence in themselves. It affects their ability maybe even to find a spouse, you know, um, just any kind of social interaction and personal self-confidence. So seeing the impact that that had, I really decided to pursue dentistry and to like envelop myself in it, learn as much as I could. And um, from there, it kind of took off, you know, um, after dental school, you know, I met my husband in uh, residency. And um, he's from Florida originally. So the goal became to move down to Florida. You know, it's more spacious, <laughs> much more sunny, some warmth for once. But um, I'm really loving it down here. It's not how, how warm or cold is it right now? Um, it's a little bit chilly for Florida standards, but I mean, I still don't have to wear a coat. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good, though. That's really, really good. So the whole purpose of, or not the whole purpose, but one of the main reasons for you becoming a dentist was because of people's lives changing. Yeah. Like you saw how it impacted them and then it kind of hit you on the emotional side. Right. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I can, was there a plan B ever? Absolutely. And like, I've always had like a heart for service. So, you know, like I said, I had done some mission trips before and things like that. But when I saw like the transformative aspect of dentistry, that's what I really became in love with. Like, you know, giving people their confidence back, taking people out of pain, like really just, you know, making a change for someone, you know, having that impact. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when I decided on dentistry, I actually was just like, you know, I was always attracted to the business side of things too. So um, I knew that I wanted to have my own practice from then. Mm-hmm. So immediately, immediately, as soon as you decided, or as soon as you became a dentist, you already knew you wanted, it wasn't ever because of like, oh, I hate working at this associateship or anything like that. No, no. It was always like in my radar, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. timing timing wasn't always right, obviously. Um, but it was definitely on my radar because, you know, I'm interested in the business side of things. But also one of the things that attracted me to dentistry was the potential for work-life balance, right? That maybe doesn't exist in some other areas of being a doctor, right? Yeah. Um, 
How did you find that? How did you find that out? Like, oh, for example, like, let me just, if I think about it, I'm like, okay, you know, like a cardiac or a surgeon only has to do a couple surgeries time of year, then I'm a little pretty made, right? <laughs> so like, how did you differentiate or how did you find out like, oh, a dentist, it's uh, not like a, you know what I mean? Like a physician or something. Well, you know, I just did some research, you know, I, I forget what it's called now, but back in the day, there was this like student, I think it could have been student doctor network, but there was some kind of student network online where people like talked about all kinds of specialties, talked about like dentistry, optometry, talked about like a family physician, like, and the pros and cons of everything. So, you know, I knew that once I like started to love dentistry and, and doing outreach and everything, I wanted to really make sure it's something I wanted to do. So I did a lot of research on what people said came along with dentistry. Right. And I, I knew that I didn't want to be like on call all types of night and working crazy. I knew I wanted to balance family life and personal life and, and uh, work life. So I thought dentistry would be perfect. And the idea of practice ownership was always attractive to me. Yeah, I love that. Always remember that, Jackie, like, because I feel like sometimes when we get caught up in like our, our job or work or career, right, where we tend to forget that, like, oh my gosh, I didn't do this to work 80 hours a week. I never wanted to be like, oh, I want to do this all the time and breathe and eat and live. That, right? You mainly <laughs> did it because you're like, hey, I want to have more freedom and I want more free time with my family and stuff like that. So absolutely. That's really, really good. What was the hardest, I guess, moment from dental school or, or for, for, from your vision of all that like, happening where you were thinking like, I might take a pause. I might go to plan B. I might stop. Yeah. You know, I just, the road is not always easy. Like, you know, it's not always like roses and dandy, you know, and, <laughs> and, you know, I started working in New York and from my experience, now some people may have some like great, amazing experiences with associateships. But in New York, I just felt like they didn't necessarily foster my growth or necessarily help me to feel thrilled about dentistry. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so and I think it wasn't the dentistry itself. I think it was kind of the environments that I was working in. It's just kind of uh, not conducive for loving what you do. You know what I mean? And there were definitely times where, you know, I was just super stressed out about the systems in places that I worked. And it kind of discouraged me. It kind of discouraged me. Um, or, you know, for one instance, I worked for an office where they, you know, they don't really pay us on time and they, they always struggle financially. So it made me think to myself, is this something that I can do? You know, um, mm -hmm. I never doubted that I wanted to, but I kind of, uh, it made me doubt sometimes that I could do it. That's interesting. I never thought about that. Like dentistry in New York is probably different in, you know, dentistry in Florida compared to dentistry in Texas. and all these places, because why did you feel like thinking back right now, if you were still in New York, would you be like, I'm going to start my own practice up in, here in Brooklyn? Like, this is it. It's going to happen here. And I'm motivated or no, man, I don't know. You know, I'm the type of person that if I get discouraged about something, I have to kind of refocus and I, mm -hmm. you know, I'll probably be probably be crazy for a little bit, but then I'll refocus and um, find a way around it to kind of accomplish my goal. So it would have happened, but it probably would have looked a little bit different, if I can hmm. say that. Yeah. How, how do you refocus then? Yeah, it's, it's hard because, you know, I think one of my big, biggest obstacles probably in the startup journey is that I'm kind of like averse to change. You know, I, I don't like change very much. Um, and with anything in life, there's always tons of change with any growth, with any new opportunity, there's tons of change. 
So, um, you know, what I have to do is just kind of refocus and say, okay, what are my real goals and what's my why behind it? Like, why am I doing this? And that kind of always grounds me. Do you ever feel like maybe when you're trying to refocus, you're like, I'm just going to completely pivot and change instead of going back to the original goal, which is like opening up a practice in my hometown. I'm just going to change it completely. Does that ever happen? Well, I don't think I've changed my goals completely. I think um, I think you can definitely have a different spin on your vision. Right. Mm. Um, So there might be plan. You might go with plan D to accomplish your goals instead of plan A, B, or C, right? So um, to some degree, when things come up, it does take some pivoting and refocusing. Um, But yeah, as long as you kind of stay fast, stay steadfast in your goals, then then you'll get there. Gotcha. Awesome. Okay. And then, so then became a dentist, all that happened. Then you got married, right? How long after did you have your first kid or before? Oh, you're making me count now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking. I met my husband in 2014, finished dental school in 2014, met my husband in 2014, got married in 2016, had my first daughter in 2019. Oh, so, yeah, not that long. It's just, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, so we had some time to kind of enjoy the marriage and travel a little bit, and then we had the baby. <laughs> okay. And so throughout that process, still nothing changed, right? You're like, I still want to have my own practice, or were you more like, I want to slow it down for a bit no I always wanted to have the practice but you know the thing is is that when we um got married and everything we had a rediscussion so you know how I said I was never leaving New York (laughs) (laughs) then I was like okay we're moving to Florida so (laughs) I knew we're gonna move to Florida but you know there was no it kind of changed my plans a little bit so it kind of discouraged me because I knew I couldn't start a practice for a period of time because my husband was in residency so I was like, I felt like I was trapped in this endless cycle of like these associateships, right? But <laughs> how how much did you not want to move to Florida? No, it's it's not that I didn't want to move to Florida. It's just something about New York. Like you can ask any New Yorker, something about New Yorkers, like we just never want to leave. Like if you talk <laughs> to any New Yorker, we all say the same thing. I don't know why. But yeah. um, I just couldn't envision myself outside of New York. And then I was like, if maybe, maybe if I could move to Jersey, you know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe Jersey, I'd maybe. make it happen. And then I went all the way to Florida. <laughs> right. And that was the only reason I took the nerve because I was like, maybe I'll move to Jersey. And Man. thank God I took it because now I'm in Florida. But <laughs> was there was there a lot of back and forth between you and your husband? Like, nah, why are we got to move to Florida? We should just stay here and stuff like that or not? No, because like. You know what? The thing is, I think I hadn't been exposed to Florida like that. So when he started taking me down, like, because obviously I came down to like spend time with his family and things down here. Um, and I saw the palm trees and the sunshine. I, okay. I was like, <laughs> you didn't have to really convince me that much. Yeah. Where in Florida are you guys at? We're in the Orlando area. Oh man. So that's like where all the theme parks and everything's at, right? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I love, I love Florida. Yeah. Florida's, Florida's pretty nice. Um, Pretty nice place. I think that was like the first part I think I ever visited when I came here. I forgot, but yeah, Florida is really, really nice. Awesome. So then all that happened, 2019, you had your child and then maybe about like what, a year or less than a year later, COVID happened, right? Yeah. And then that didn't at all discourage you to be like, maybe I'm going to wait a little longer. It did. 
It definitely did because there's that level of uncertainty, like a huge level of uncertainty with when COVID hit, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it was, especially in New York, it was very like apocalyptic. So it's just like, okay, are we going to be here next week? You know, like, <laughs> I don't know what's happening, you know? So when they first hit, I mean, everything was just shaken up. But after we knew that, okay, things are going to be different. The world is going to be different, um, but things still move on, right? Um, so we knew we were still moving to Florida. We actually moved in the midst of the pandemic. So that was also interesting. Um, but yeah, I definitely knew I wanted to start up. I didn't want to do it right away. I wanted to kind of get my roots settled, um, get the baby settled, get our family settled here and work for someone part, you know, partially for that time being, and then Mm -hmm. start my own practice. Gotcha. Working for that person that you decided to, or the, the, the practice that you worked for, how was that? It was actually pretty good. It was pretty good. I worked for DSO and, um, can we ask the name of the DSO or no? Yeah, it was it was Heartland. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So actually, you know, I had a decent experience with them. You know, experience for everyone is different. It just basically depends on the leadership in place in that region. It depends on your location specifically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say I was the way that Heartland does it is you have two doctors per office. So it's like a partnership model. Um and I was very lucky to have a great partner. I was very blessed to have a great partner. We got along very well. We, you know, kind of fed ideas off of each other, helped each other clinically. Um, so in that aspect, I really loved it. I love working with her. Um, the systems were great with Heartland. Um, lots of focus on continuing education and, um, and personal growth, which I really thought that lacked a lot of that in some of the New York places. So I really enjoyed that. Um, Mm -hmm. But with any corporation, there's lots of change, kind of lots of uncertainty. So I didn't like that aspect too much. What uncertainty did you feel was happening? Um, I just felt like, and it could be due to COVID also, um, but I just felt that there was just lots of, I mean, I guess it is probably because of COVID, lots of turnover. Um, You know, they're expanding very fast in the area. So I just felt like there wasn't mainly that support in terms of training our new staff and getting everything off the floor, basically. So Mm -hmm. there was just a lot of shaky territory with that office in particular. Mm -hmm. So how long did you stay there for? I was with Heartland for about a year. I was with Heartland until I went on maternity leave to have my baby. Gotcha. Did you, do they make you sign like a non-computer or anything like that or not? Yes, you do. Heartland actually has a contract. So, um, I guess everyone's is different, but you do have a non-compete and you have like um, terms of working there and everything like that. And I think you do have to commit for at least a year with them. Oh, wow. So are you going to be opened near them or not? Not even close? No, actually, part of the thing that kind of catapulted me into saying, okay, I have to do this now was because the commute was just really crazy for me. Um, I was in one part of town. My the office that they assigned me to was about an hour away. So mm. with one child, it was crazy. But with two, I knew it'd be really crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, now's the time to go ahead and do it. Yeah. That's good. Okay. So then we're going to talk about everything in the practice and everything, how you found it and everything like that in, in, a, in a later episode. But right now, now I want to kind of like move or pivot a little bit to the vision of your, your practice, your startup. How did this happen? How did the name come up? Like, what is your vision for the startup? 
Yeah, so um, Smile Oasis, the name, I actually thought of it in the car with my husband. <laughs> and we're like, what would sound good? I was kind of describing what I wanted to do, and then we, we thought it, w- it would fit. Um, but I thought of Smile Oasis because I wanted the dental experience to be a little bit less intimidating, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be warm, welcoming, inviting, and I wanted it to be a place that didn't feel as sterile, like, uh, you know, it felt a little bit more like homey, right? And family-like um, and relaxing. So I thought Oasis would be a good a good name for it. Um, but, you know, my vision for the startup is to really kind of create that relaxing feel for our patients to make the dental experience a positive one. But also, I really want to kind of get involved in our local community and create a culture where we continue to do community outreach and also get involved with other local businesses and just really kind of build our network with them. Gotcha. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Whenever I think of like Oasis, I think of like a spa, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a little, yeah. or not a little, but like a high-end spa type of thing okay. where I'm like, should we really go to that? Can we just go to the beach instead? <laughs> but kidding. you know what? <laughs> it is a little different. So it's not like just the typical, um, dental experience there's also going to be a spa aspect to the practice as well um yeah so I do general dentistry you know obviously but also um going to be doing facial aesthetics there like Botox thermal fillers um lots of facial aesthetics I'm always kind of learning about that kind of stuff but also I hired an esthetician because we're going to be having, um, you know, medical grade facials, microdermabrasion, microneedling as well. Just focusing on overall smile and face. Hold up, hold up, hold up. You, <laughs> you already hired an esthetician or no? Yes. How do you do that? Do you, do you know them already? Or like you looked and indeed and you're like, let me find one and, and stuff like that. Well, I just finished the hiring process. So I actually went on like all last week I was doing interviews uh, for the team. So I did just recently hire a front office, a dental assistant and an esthetician through Indeed. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's okay. This is going to be interesting. I'm, I'm excited to hear that <laughs> when we get to that episode about your team, but awesome. So then it's going to be like a whole type of ex- experience, right? Like, uh, now when I go in there, let's just say like, I have a toothache, I can get that done. But at the same time, do I get like other, like what's, what does finished look like in your vision for your practice? Yeah. You know, finished for me. And I don't know if like anything is ever finished. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but most things are ever evolving, but I would say finish to me would mean, um, having a strong team that has common goals, you know, um, and a positive community, like a positive team culture, um, and finish to me would be where we are involved in our community, where, you know, people in the community know us and they can come to us to kind of get their smile back. You know, I would say that's what's finished to me. I like that. I like how you said that, though. Most things are ever evolving. So, like, you're right. I mean, maybe it's always going to continue to, like, you know, pivot or move or grow a little bit. Which is yeah. Nice. Awesome. So then you kind of like mentioned community quite a bit. So what type of patients do you want to have? But most importantly, what type of patients do you not want to have? (laughs) That's a good question. Um, You know, I want to have patients that want to invest in themselves, um, 
want to have a dental home. You know, I don't, I don't want patients that are just hopping for the discount or hopping just, just because, right. To get what mm-hmm. they want. I want the patient that's really, who really cares about, you know, their oral health, um, their overall health um, and who wants to have a long-term dental home. Um, but in terms of practice structure, I'm going to be a PPO office. Okay. If, if we're talking in terms of that, mm-hmm. um, ultimate goal is to probably be a little bit more fee for service because, you know, insurances are kind of crazy nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they control everything nowadays. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. But I definitely, you know, have a heart for service. So I definitely intend to continue to do like community events and community outreach, free dental days, all that type of stuff as well. I like that. Like free dental days, community, community events. You mean more like, like, what do you mean? Yeah, like, like getting them all of our community, like local health fairs, um, doing free exams for children, doing free exams for like elderly, free treatment for people like maybe, um, moms who are in shelters with their children, you know, offering free care to them, you know, if they, if they need their smile back to, to get back on their feet. So I want to definitely continue to do things like that um, and make that a part of my long-term plan for the practice. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. That's going to be really good. So how many, talking about the structure and everything, like how does it look? How many operatories do you plan to have? Things like that. Yeah. So we're going to have five operatories. Four for dentistry, one for the esthetician. But um, yeah, so right now we are plumbing all five of them. So they're going to all be ready to go um, in the event that, you know, we continue to grow. Wow. Okay. And then how does the design and decoration and everything like look in your, in your practice? Like what's the colors look like? Things like that. Yeah. So in terms of colors, I kind of wanted to go for a theme that was um, modern, clean, kind of a spa-like or relaxing appearance. So I went with black, white, touches of marble and gold with like birchwood incorporated into it, like that Ooh. light wood color. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Oh, you see, Jackie, the the black and white, I was like, okay, okay. But the birchwood, I was like, ooh. Uh-huh. That, who came <laughs> up with that? How did that happen? Me, you know, HGTV and Pinterest, you know. <laughs> 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 like Pinterest, are you still all the time like on Pinterest, like scrolling at night always. trying to see stuff? You know what I mean? Like you're like, what? What else can I do? Always, always, it never stops. And I go on Canva and I create these mood boards and like move around these pieces of furniture to see what goes. And I just like that aspect of it. It's fun Wait, to me. You can do that on Canva. Yeah, you can. Wait, what are you doing on Canva? You're you're creating like the. Talk to me about that, the mood boards. Yeah, I create a mood board. So I get ideas for what I want for the practice. And so like, for instance, my floors are going to be a light birchwood. So I you know, get a picture of the birchwood floor that I'm going with and I create a mood board. I put that as the base. I look at some furniture that I want and um, I put that on the mood board as well just to see how everything pairs together. And like if I go on Amazon or Wayfair and see a light fixture or mirror that I want, then I put that on the mood board just to kind of see how cohesive everything goes. Um, but yeah, it's been fun kind of playing around with that. I didn't even know you could do it. So you can literally see your practice or like the, the way it's going to work out before, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of uh-huh. get an idea. You know, I'm no interior designer or anything like that. Far from it, but it's fun to kind of, you know, see what works and see what looks good. Yeah, I need that in my <laughs> life. I'm the type of person I'm like, 
light blue and purple will work. And then I look at it, I'm like, this didn't work. Why did y'all let me do this? Like, <laughs> it doesn't flow. <laughs> but that's cool. Awesome. So assuming you're open and everything like that, right? Right now, mm-hmm. somebody walks into your practice and then they leave. What is it you want them to say? How do you want them to feel when they walk in and they leave? Like what reviews do you want them to leave or what referral or like things are they saying to their friends? Yeah, you know, like one thing I hate about like certain experiences, like when you walk into a place, like don't you hate it when like no one looks you in the eye or like no one acknowledges that you come in? Gosh, yeah, and you have to right. say hi first. Right. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm the customer, but hi. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I do it anyway. I say hi anyway. But, yeah. you know, I want them to have like a stellar experience. You know, I want them to feel catered to. I want them to feel that we care about their you know, oral health, but we also care about them as a person, you know, um, that they're not a tooth or they're not a, you know, a tooth surface. They're a person and that we want to connect with them on that level um, from the moment we speak to them on the phone to the moment they walk out. So, you know, I actually plan on eventually having um, a patient concierge. So you can tell me your thoughts on that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like a new patient can- concierge? Yeah, like a patient concierge. Okay, okay, okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Were you like to make like sure, Yeah, to so make sure that the experience is like top-notch. Because, you know, sometimes it gets busy, right? Well, the goal is to get busy. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it gets busy, so maybe front desk can't be that person all the time. Um, so having someone greet them by name, um, we've been awaiting you. And, you know, maybe having like when they're on their patient forms before they come in, having them fill out with their preferred beverages. Do you prefer LaCroix? Do you prefer, you know, apple juice? What do you prefer? And having that for them when they get there and giving it to them, just giving them a step up, right? Would you mm-hmm. like some headphones? Would you like a blanket? Um, or if a patient says like, I like, for instance, jazz music, making sure to have jazz music playing in their op when they get in there. So, you know, just little touches that make them feel like, wow, they listened or, you know, wow, they really care about, you know, the things that I'm interested in. Yeah, I think that would be, I always thought like having a patient concierge, I I remember seeing that in a a practice one time when I was, that they hired me to do ground marketing one time, like a long, long time ago. And I was like, oh, snap, this is pretty cool. And they did do that. They like, what they would do is the person who came in or whoever came in, right, they would greet them, the person came out and then they had a curing machine and like, like another coffee machine, right? Regular one. And then like the drinks with the coolers in it and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, what would you like? Right. And then they're like, well, give me the coffee. And I'm like, it's a, in my mind, I'm like, they could get up and go put it in themselves. But it was just that <laughs> nice touch, you know, like, like just swishing the cake up and then putting it in there. And they're like, okay, well you should be, they knew exactly. Like they're like, you, you, your room will be ready in about seven minutes in the meantime, here you go. And then they give them headphones with like a little like tablet. And then they were able to watch something with a blanket, you know? And I'm like, And I looked around, I'm like, people here are all in blankets, like just in their waiting room, right? Just sitting there, nobody complaining, people charging their phones if they wanted to. And I don't know what happened in the operatories, but like, I'm assuming stuff like that happened, right? Where they found their music that they liked and everything like that. So I think that's a good idea, right? Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just personal touches. Yeah. Personal touches to make someone feel special and to just show that you care. I mean, it can't do any harm to just go the extra mile for the patient, you know? Yeah, because that's the last thing people want is like to walk in and be like, uh, is this, you know what I mean? Like, what am I doing here? And then what do I do? I don't know. That's weird. That's weird when you don't say hi to someone when they walk in. 
Yeah, I was in a store the other day and I went in and like no one greeted me for like, actually, I was in Best Buy. I was looking for, uh, I probably shouldn't have said the name of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. It's good. It's good. Don't, don't let them listen to it. Uh, but I, I was in there looking for a computer and I was literally just standing there for like 20 minutes. And I really needed the computer that day, so I couldn't leave. But I really just wanted to leave. <laughs> and another customer was like, you know, you have to help her because she's been waiting and I almost left too. So, <laughs> so you know. Yeah. No, I get you. Like, I'm going to say the name. I was at Jersey Mike's the other day. And <laughs> I walked in and I was like, is this my sandwich? Like, nobody tells me. And they're just like, bye. And I'm like, uh, excuse me, does your phone even work? Because I kept trying to change my order, but they didn't even answer. <laughs> I'm telling you, customer service is important. So like, if you can invest more in that, I think it would be a good idea, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So then what brands to you, do you feel like you want to kind of like mimic or motivate? What brands motivate you more than anything? Not just like the color and everything like that. Like, you know, some people are like, I want my practice to look like Starbucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. More also like, their philosophy, things like that. Yeah. So um, this may be a weird one to say, but Chick-fil-A. Oh, no, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I love Chick-fil-A. Who doesn't, right? They're angels. Um, yeah, they're just amazing. Like my first, <laughs> look, before I moved to Florida, I never went to Chick-fil-A, right? Yeah. Um, and then like, you know how like at some other places, they just like, oh, bring your car to the front, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chick-fil-A, it's just so amazing. Like you leave feeling special. You leave feeling like they care about you and you're just placing an order for like a chicken sandwich, right? I know. <laughs> you're right. It's, it, they're, they're, they're amazing. Like they're, like you said, the customer service. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's something I really want to emulate. You know, I feel like their employees, there's something with the way that they train them or um, their system that people are always smiling, always like, you know, at your service, what, what do you need? Um, we'll take care of you. We'll find a way to take care of you. Um, that's something I really want to emulate. How, how do you think you can emulate that in your practice as far as, I mean, obviously saying like, thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. But like, what else? Well, just by just being, I think for one, being prepared. So um, you know, just being prepared the day before, um, being prepared in our morning huddles to discuss, okay, who's coming in? Um, you know, is it their birthday today? Is it their, you know, do they have a significant like life change event that we should pay attention to? Are they, do they mention last time that they have a specific need or are interested in a specific procedure, you know, so that we can kind of personalize that touch and in, in being with that patient. So it's not like, okay, Miss Jones, you're here for Billing number uh, 30 occlusal, right? The mm-hmm. difference is it's like um, we can relate to her. And, and if something happens in her life, oh, happy birthday. How was your birthday trip? How was your family trip? Um, we mentioned, you mentioned last time you wanted to do this. Um, what are your thoughts on that now? So just kind of preparing ahead of time and huddle um, to kind of see how we can personalize that patient's experience. And also just doing, you know, doing our very best to kind of, um, Make sure we accommodate everybody. Yeah, you're right. I feel like Chick-fil-A embraces like convenience, kindness, and almost like efficiency, right? With their, in, in their systems. Because, yeah. I mean, there's like a ton of people outside all the time, right? Like taking your orders. And that's like convenience, right? You're like, although you still have to wait in line, you know what I mean? To get to the window and your drive through But somebody's still approaching, you know, like, can I take your order? You know? And then it's, I guess it's more mental than anything if you think about it. It is. 
Yeah. So that's good. That's good. So the convenience is, I mean, there's a lot of things. That's good. Is there any other brand? Yeah, I would say Apple probably. Why Apple? Yeah. Yeah, because Apple, you know, for some reason, <laughs> Apple has a way about themselves that people are always drawn to them, like no matter what. Like they can release iPhone 15 and then next week <laughs> release iPhone 16 and then people are going to be in line for it. You know? yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just the way that they have that keeps people coming back, um, you know, and just honestly, exceptional service as well, because I mean, the, one of the things you pay for with Apple is the customer support, right? That you don't necessarily see with other brands and in that community culture. So that's something I would definitely like to emulate as well. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, awesome. So then on the financial sides a little bit more, what do you envision? How, what would you love to see where you're like, if I could just make this happen by the end of my first year, what would be best case scenario of production and collection? You know what? That's, a hard one. <laughs> I can say 15 million, but no. Uh, just uh, <laughs> but you three know, trillion. Just three trillion. That's all I'm asking for. Come on, I work hard. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, just I haven't thought about those figures yet, those numbers. Yet. I'm taking it one day at a time. But I definitely want to start getting into those specific numbers of where I want to be um, because I know tracking goals are, is super important. Um, but I just want to see steady growth, steady growth and building it right and building it, building relationships with our patients, um, and keep them trusting us, keep them coming back to us. That's, that's really, um, what it comes down to. But in terms of numbers, I definitely do have to figure those out. Okay. No, no worries. How much do you want to pay yourself? At least like within, what do you envision? Best case scenario is like, I'm making this much for myself, not the practice, just yourself. Just myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I would say anything more than my associateship was, <laughs> but how much was your associateship? Uh, I think with Heartland, I think it was like a 140 base and then like, you know, commission on percentage of uh, collections and whatnot. But I, you know, from being in dental groups, I'm like, okay, people make way more than that. But <laughs> yeah, but, um, but yeah, so it wasn't, it's not the, it wasn't the highest paying gig, but, um, I would say, you know, probably to start, I probably wouldn't give myself a salary. I do want to talk to a CPA to see what's best to do. Um, but I definitely want to focus on the, the practices growth first. And then, of course, um, hoping to be paid well down the line. Yeah. Wait, 140, 140,000 a year or 140? What, what was the Heartland thing? Oh, it was 140 a year. But, you know, they, okay. that's something that you have to, I actually had to negotiate to get that for some reason. And I thought that was a little bit low for a base. Well, what were they giving you at the beginning? I think they, am I allowed to say this? I don't know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm like, are they listening? Are they gonna? Um, but yeah, so I think they were trying to offer me, and I, this is with experience. I don't know what they offer new grads. They were trying to start me at 120, and I was like, that's not happening. <laughs> so mm. I tried to go up, and they were like, oh, this is what we can do. So so that's where we kind of landed. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that's good. That's good to know that you can negotiate mm-hmm. that, though. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, one thing in life, like I always like say negotiate because all they can do is say no. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a really, really good outlook. Yeah. Like, especially right now as like a business owner, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. You're going to learn that really, really well. So then how many clinical hours do you want to ultimately work a week? Best case scenario. Best case scenario. Hmm. Maybe. 
20, ultimately. Okay, that's good. 20 hours a week. What are you going to do with the rest of the hours? Well, I want to, you know, I really, for me, it's like, it's, it's all about balance. And my thing is like, I don't want to be one of those people like chase money till I die, you know, like that's, <laughs> that's not, yeah. it's not a purpose of life, you know? So, and I feel like it doesn't make you happy. I mean, obviously money is a great thing. You want to be successful, but I really want to spend time with my family. I want to, I love to travel. I want to, you know, do more mission trips. I want to just have time to spend my family because, you know, you don't get those, uh, those years when your babies are small back, you know? So I want to have the freedom to do dentistry because I love it. Um, but ultimately not be bound to like working five and six days a week, you know? Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. That's really, really good. I think at the beginning, you're probably going to have to put in that grit, right? Yes. But... In the beginning, that's a, yeah. When will you notice like, all right, the beginning is not a beginning anymore. This has been too long. <laughs> Look, I haven't thought about that yet. <laughs> We're just trying to get off the ground. But, you know, definitely want to really focus hard on growing the practice, um, you know, and as we grow, then the plan when, I, when we're ready for it is to get an associate so that we so that I can back up a little bit. Um, but, you know, of course, it's going to take a lot of growth. It's going to take a lot of dedication for my part. And, you know, I'm really prepared to kind of grow and learn as much as I can. Mm -hmm. Do you plan to have more than one practice or no, just this one? I think I want more than one. It's a little addictive. So it's crazy. <laughs> it's a little addictive. Ask me in six months though, Michael. <laughs> I got three now, Michael. Look. <laughs> but wow. um, I think I ultimately, I would like to, if the opportunity presented itself, you know, it's not something that I have to do. Um, I just want to, I just want to enjoy what I'm doing. I want to um, build a practice that I love. And if, you know, if we grow enough to where we can duplicate that and, and grow, then of course I'm always, you know, wanting to grow and, and venture to new things. Owning two practices would mean what to you then? If you were to, like, what is, what is owning a business mean to you? Owning a business means doing dentistry on my own terms, in my own way, right? And not worrying about outside influence or, you know, because you work for someone else. Um, and also, it means freedom to just live life on your own terms, you know, and practice dentistry on your own terms. Gotcha. I like that. Live life on your own terms. You're right. If you can think of one word that your practice brings you right now, what would it be? One word. I would say it brings me, you know, it just makes me inspired. The whole process is inspiring. Um, listening to the experiences of other people starting a practice has been really inspirational to me. And it just, it just feels good. Like when I got out of my interviews and I found some candidates that I really loved, I was just super excited and inspired because it made me think about the future. And it made me think about like all the things that I've kind of had as goals for so long. I kind of saw the light at the end of the tunnel. It's like still pretty far, right? But, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I can see it. It just gives, it just gives me hope. It makes me inspired. Gotcha. Okay. That's good. I like that a lot. That You already see the vision of that and you're inspired. Right now, Changing a little bit, one of the last questions I wanted to ask you, how would you say Jackie handles struggles? Yeah, um, so, you know, like I told you, Michael, I'm like a little bit averse to change. So change is tough for me. So like I'm the type of person where I like to plan out everything. So 
I will tell you what I plan to do in like 20 years from now. But um, when things, obviously things will come up and when they do come up, it's a little gut-wrenching for me because it's a little bit harder for me to adapt because I first have to process, okay, plan A didn't work. So now how are we going to do this? The world is not crashing. (laughs) And um, just refocus myself. And like I said, it just goes to, okay, why am I really doing this? What's my goal and why? What's the why behind it? Because that's what's going to keep me grounded. It's just the why. And then once I refocus, I, you know, I just keep going, keep trucking along. How long does it take you to, from the moment you panic, right? Because of the change or something's happening or something didn't go to the moment where you refocus, what's the time period? I mean, I don't allow myself to have it for too long because you know what you need, sometimes you need obstacles and you need a change in direction to really grow, right? And to really um, take things beyond to what you even thought they would be, right? So, and knowing that and also just trusting and having faith also, um, just trusting that my initial plan may not be the best plan for me. Um, that there may be something better for me, you know, probably I would say I give myself a, a day or two to figure it out. And then um, I just refocus, you know, I refocus it. My plan may not be the best plan. What is the best thing that helps you to refocus? Like, you know, some people are like, I just need to take like a trip or I just need to go fishing or something like that. Like, what is the best thing for you? Yeah, I would say, you know, you know, I'm a person of faith. So I would say just prayer time meditation time, just um, even just getting away by myself and having some self-care time, just kind of hear myself think, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's, it's hard if you're at work or if, you know, when you're with the family or kids, you hear mommy, mommy all day, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's nice to kind of, you know, maybe take a walk by myself or um, just have some self-care time where I can kind of refocus my thoughts and kind of make a game plan for how I'm going to deal with the changes to come. Yeah, no, I get, I have a niece and a nephew and I never noticed how much, how much alone time is valuable to the mom. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my gosh, because, you know, you got like two little humans and then your husband can tell me, yeah, everybody wants you, you know what I mean? And you're like, yeah. I, just, I need like two minutes, please. Two minutes. <laughs> two <laughs> just minutes. two minutes. <laughs> yeah. And so I think about it and I'm like, man. Jackie, you got, you need, you're going to need them two minutes, man. Like you're going to need some, some time. So then right now, then what struggles or bad habits are in your way that you feel you would need to remove in order to reach like your ultimate vision? Yeah. I think that, um, what we just talked about is probably the biggest one, just not, not liking change as much. So I know that with anything, if, you know, if I want to really reach my potential or really kind of grow the practice as much as it can grow, I have to be able to pivot and pivot very fast, right? I have to be able to come up with new plans and be innovative when things come up. Um, so I'm working on that. It's a work in progress, but um, I'm definitely trying to get there. Gotcha. Okay. So then also last question right now, what phase are you currently in in your startup? Yeah, so we're still in construction, almost done. Hopefully there's no contract delays. <laughs> mm-hmm. But because, um, you know, everything is a little still crazy right now with like, uh, hard for things to come in, um, supplies to come in. But thankfully, you know, I've been super happy with my contractor. Um, he, he's really the best. So I've been super happy with him so far. And hopefully there are no delays. Um, and we'll be wrapping things up very soon. Nice. That's really, really good. You're scheduled to be open. Hopefully there's no delays. Specifically when? 
I'm hoping for February 1st, but again, I'm an optimist and I'm an overly optimist. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm all the way in that spectrum, you know, Um, all the way to the end. So hopefully February 1st, if not, then sometime in February, I'm not going to, I'm not going to press it too much, put too much pressure on myself. Gotcha. gotcha. I never heard that overly optimistic. So then you do really think you're going to hit 3 trillion and you're like, (laughs) minimum. You know, I don't, think, I don't even know if I care to reach that much, to be honest with you. <laughs> I know. You know what? You're right. After like a certain point, you're just like, what do I do with yeah. this? You know? but, my, uh, my idea of a perfect life is just to be happy, enjoy time with family, like be able to travel, be able to serve people and just like, just not have to worry too much. Like I'm the type of person, I just need to make enough money to pay my bills and be comfortable in life. I don't need to be like, you know, yeah. I'm that type of person. Well, let me ask you, what's, what's your level of comfort? Like, where do you feel like this is comfortable? And then you're like, oh, this is not. I mean, I don't know. I don't have a number in mind, but you know, I just. Or not number, but like the way of living, like specifically, you can be like, look, Mike, I want to be able to eat out at least three times a week, not even look at the bill. You know what I mean? Or what does it look like? Yeah. I mean, just having, you know, a nice home to come to. That's important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, not one for the fancy gadgets and cars and, you know, bags and all that stuff like that. So that's, it's nice to have it sometimes, but to me, it's just like, you know, being able to have experiences more so than anything, you know, having a nice home, but being able to travel with family, being able to pay for experiences or even like, you know, you know, dining out from time to time to really nice restaurants. Um, but just really just not having to count the bill. That's, that's all that matters to me. I don't care how much excess of that I have. I really don't care about that, but, um, just being comfortable, being comfortable and having freedom to do what you want when you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Like, I think that that's a good, good thing. Like not having to look at the price tag or bill sometimes, you know what I mean? Cause like, you're always like, can I, can I, to me at least, you know, I think that's a nice, I know sometimes when my wife wants something and I'm like, yeah, go ahead, get it. And then I like secretly look at it. And I'm like, Oh God, Please don't get this. How can I figure a way out of this right now? Think, Michael. <laughs> but uh, I get you. I 100% understand. Awesome. So we're excited to continue to hear your your journey, your story. Guys, make sure you follow along. Follow. Go in the show notes below and start following Jackie on all her social media and everything like that. And also on ours as well. And then every week we're going to be documenting Jackie. So we're going to get to know her a lot, lot more. And Jackie, any last words? No, I'm just, I just want to thank you again for having me on. Um, I'm so excited to be on this podcast with you um, and to share my journey. You know, I've learned so much from Ashley Dawson and from the other people who were on the series. And I just hope that, you know, through sharing my experiences, it can help someone like their experiences help me. So I'm just super excited to continue this. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.